Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I'm Dina DiCastro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. We're back, and by the time you're listening to this, well, actually now, Mercury Retrograde will have ended. Yay! Um, Yay. Although, Dina and I felt like this was actually a pretty positive one, and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that today. The other thing is, we haven't really tooted our own horns about this podcast too much, and we've wrapped up two years of producing the podcast, and I feel like we've gotten some really, really great feedback from people. We appreciate everybody who reaches out and tells us about how this podcast helps them. And one thing that you guys could do for us, because we're not that great of marketers, is to subscribe and like the podcast. Please feel free to share it around. Leave us a review on the podcast because that will help us get out there a little bit more to um, share this information with other people. So, yes, anytime you want to pass along this podcast, we would really, really appreciate it. Spread the word. (laughs) I feel like the one of the most powerful ways ever to get the word out is just plain old word of mouth is telling people like, hey, I heard this podcast. You've got to listen to it. So we appreciate that a lot when you share it and share it online, share it face to face and, you know, definitely like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. A review would be awesome. The more reviews you get, the more you get (laughs) pushed up the line. So yeah, we would love that. Um, So we're going to chat about Mercury in Taurus. And now that it's direct, we can tell you what we learned from Mercury retrograde. Right. So we had Mercury, uh, Mercury retrograde in Taurus was from April 21st through May 14th. And it's still, uh, as of the time that this podcast comes out, it's still in the shadow. Uh, we'll be in the post shadow through May 31st. And I believe this episode's going to come out on Friday, May 26th. So yeah, we've still yeah. got a little time in the shadow. Um And as we know, the post-shadow is a good time for reflection and integrating the things that we learn during the Mercury retrograde. And so that's a great time for us to be talking about this, huh, Katie? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure enough. Sure enough. So I think we both had some- And we learned so much. We learned a lot. Yeah. We both had some big (laughs) epiphanies, Uh, epiphanies, breakthroughs. Um, we did have like the requisite uh, kind of fucky animal stuff that happened for me <laughs> it was not fun, you know, but that seems to be it was more 
about what it taught me. So I could just, I could start with that story. Yeah, totally. Um, So since Taurus is about calm and, you know, staying connected to your body and being chill, right? Kind of slowing down and connecting into your, uh, your body. Um, what I learned is that when something happens with one of my animals and it results in a veterinarian emergency, (laughs) my PTSD levels on that are really, are really high. And I just have no tolerance for stress is what I discovered is I, (laughs) I went into a total spin out because our, our orange cat, senior cat, Odin, uh, had a bad injury. And this was a couple weeks ago, you know, during the retrograde and he got his paw caught. He kind of fighting with another cat through the catio and kind of here's the mercury retrograde trickster signature of this whole thing. Just the day before it happened, we had been bragging to our neighbor across the street about how Odin has had no injuries since we've had him in the catio. Because that neighbor has an unneutered cat that he kept kind of accidentally on purpose letting out. And that cat was creating havoc over here. Well, that cat ended up having to get neutered and put back in his catio. But we were just saying, well, yeah, you'll be so glad that, you know, if you just keep him in the catio because, um, you know, our cat hasn't had any injuries since then, you know. And (laughs) so... So funny enough, funny enough, uh, another cat from that same property came over and harasses Odin through the, through the wires. And there was these tiny mesh wires and Odin got his paw caught in there. And long story short, he really, really pinched and crushed part of his paw. And, um, we had to take him to the emergency vet and several hundred dollars later and two vet visits um, he's, he's recovering, you know, he's doing a lot better now, but those first few days I was just spitting out and going into worst case scenarios because we didn't know if it was broken. We didn't get the x-rays because that was going to be another $600. And frankly, we, we wanted to take a wait and see attitude to see if maybe, you know, what we did to help him was going to be enough. Right. So uh-huh. it turned out it wasn't broken. So it's kind of a good thing we didn't get those $600 x-rays. Um, but the point is, what I found is like I I went into kind of a fugue state, you know, that first day that it happened. And I started totally freaking out about not only, you know, yeah, the money was one part of it, but also, oh, my God, we're going to have to, you know, if he has to have surgery because his legs broken. I'm going to have to do all this. You know, it's going to slow me down because then I'm going to have to care for him. And then I felt terrible because he was suffering. And I just totally spun out for a few days. And it was enlightening. Like I got that, oh man, I need to get some coping skills (laughs) around Mm -hmm. how to deal when things like this happen because they're going to happen. You know, this is just one example of something that happened to our beloved cat, but other things are going to continue to happen with our cats and other things in life. And why am I spinning out so bad? Right. And I realized, you know, it's because 
yeah, there's PTSD because I've been through this with other cats and other incidents. Uh, but also I have, uh, I had a belief that it's all on me to take care of everybody, you know, and kind of Brad, my husband broke through and said, you know, if that's the case and he's, his legs broken and we have to get surgery, like we'll deal with it, you know, one step at a time and I'm here too. And like he talked me down, Mm -hmm. but I realized I was really in a belief about um, like just how it's on me to take care of everybody and everything. And that's not Mm -hmm. true, (laughs) but that's often what happens during Mercury retrograde is you realize some belief that you're holding that's causing you distress, right? And so that was a big breakthrough for me. And actually I did calm down after that and I was able to access, you know, a place of peace and I just released into it like, okay, I'm going to be hanging out with Odin the next few days and taking care of him more. And it was fine. Like once I just said, okay, this could be even fun. You know, I'm going to sit here and mm-hmm. and hang out with him and make sure he's okay. And so, yeah, that was a big event for me during that time. What we about you? We kind of talked. Oh, well, I feel like you and I talked sort of midstream. Like, mm-hmm. It didn't, because we'd recorded a podcast uh, a couple weeks back, but yeah, while we were in the midst of it, we were talking about some epiphanies that happened to us. And it, it really was like both you and I had some PTSD stuff for sure mm-hmm. that came up. And I feel like the second thing was with your dad too, that you had yeah. some beliefs. And it's funny because it seems like both things are about nurturing others and mm-hmm. how that will take away from um you doing you you know like yeah I think there's a certain amount of that right yes and when am I going to get to me or when am I going to be able to take care of myself right and um and it is that those people or your pets are have relied on you or and some really bad things have happened that mm-hmm. is definitely true and it's um funny how we go back to the initial horrible thing happening and we kind of pop back into that 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 arena right you know yes um yeah because I had a very similar a very similar thing around um the moods of others and the way that I when somebody's in a mood or somebody's uh telling me what to do or you know, whatever. I try to bend myself in half. I mean, I really have always done that instead of being truthful or true to how I'm feeling that I will, um, I'll fold myself in half for the Mm -hmm. other person. And then Mm -hmm. I noticed this one morning I woke up and I was thinking about how I had done that with a person. And Mm -hmm. how I was so nice in the face of somebody being just such an asshole. And I was like, oh, (laughs) trying to find ways to find a common ground with them or whatever. And I, I woke up the next day. I was pissed. And I was like, I have fucking tried so hard to regulate that situation so that that person will just leave me alone. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I just want to be, it's such a family pattern for me um, of trying to get someone off my back yeah. and do the nicest thing possible for them or make it all okay for them. Meanwhile, the same stuff keeps coming in and you think, why, why is this got to keep repeating? I've already done the nice thing, you know? So I was like, oh, that's really interesting that I think that I can control situations and that people will change their behavior based Mm. on how fucking nice I am Mm -hmm. to them, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I had similar thoughts around that. And I was like, wow, this is really the, the cusp of everything. Like, you know, my... This is really something that I have to work on seriously um, in order for me to be free, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the things that come up during Mercury retrograde are often the core issues that it's like your mind just can slow down enough to see what is happening to it or it's mm-hmm. you're, you're able to be more self-reflective during this time. And so that helps you to spot these uh, recurring patterns, you know, these things that keep coming up over and over again and to stop and really analyze it and say, okay, why? Like, why, it, what's my part in this? Why is this continuing to happen? But usually when Mercury is direct and we're just in the kind of the normal flow of life, we're too, quote, busy to or we think we're too busy to stop and do that kind of analysis. And that's what I find beneficial about Mercury retrograde is that something will either force you to slow down (laughs) and look at it, or you've just, you know, had some practice. Like I think you and I both have that we have some intention around a Mercury retrograde time going into it where we know stuff is going to come up. And Mm -hmm. so when unpleasant things happen, we're like, okay, Let's look at the the deeper meaning here. <laughs> What's happening? Yep. Uh, it's time to take a Mercury retrograde check in. You know. Uh, but yeah, that's a big realization. It sounds like you had this kind of pivotal moment with. Yeah, I think it's funny because well, Dina and I both had Mercury retrograde in our 12th house. So it seems like these epiphanies or these things that have been hidden sort of coming to the surface around, you know, how we take care of or protect ourselves, right? Or mm-hmm. our self-esteem or our, you know, right, self-worth, which is all sort of second house yep. touristy stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And I think for me, like, like me and maybe for you too like there's something about our mechanisms you know what our mechanisms are that that keep us regulated in situations mm. or something and um that used to work and just don't anymore right that's like, a really good point yeah 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 cuz i do think that like for you you probably go into a survival mode sort of, you know, like, okay, ha- I got to fix this. Thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to be quick on our feet. Like, especially when the initial health crisis happened with your dad or, mm-hmm. you know, a cat that's like hurt. It's always the worst case scenario. I feel like with 
animals yeah. where you're like, I don't know, but yeah. I got to fix it, you know? Right. So I, and for me, you know, like how I survived my childhood was being able to navigate moods and stuff. And so yeah. it's, it's interesting to think about it in this, um, yeah, mm-hmm. what came up like that. Yeah, I think, you know, it, the, re- the word regulate is an important mm-hmm. one here because I do think that's a Taurus idea, you know, this idea of like how to regulate our own nervous systems, how to come back to center mm-hmm. when we're, you know, when we're kind of whacked out. And uh, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you, you nailed it. Like I'm realizing, oh, some of the old things that used to work for helping me to regulate myself are not working anymore. And what's yeah. that about and why? And, you know, so this is like the next level of, of work that I am doing um, for finding tools that will help me to to come back to center and to get grounded and to calm down. Uh, because I am a very anxious person, as it turns out. And I Ditto. I'm sure that nobody who's listened to this podcast for any time is surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, we both suffer from anxiety. And mm-hmm. I have a particular uh, kind of dread, you know, thing that comes with that too, of, of future spinning. That's just, I guess that's what anxiety is too. But like, I would add dread in as like a subcategory <laughs> of anxiety. It's like, I could get into dread over the littlest things of like, there's something on my calendar that I don't want to do. And I start obsessing on it and dread it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really bad. So, so this woke me up to where where I am with my anxiety, my dread, um, and my ability to lose my center, um, and realizing, wow, okay, I yes, I meditate, I walk, I don't do any substances, you know, except I have a cup of coffee in the morning. And that's my only substance right now. Um, so what what more do I need to do, right? There's something more that's needed. I'm still figuring out what that is. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure. Think about that Taurus stuckness too, you know, like this mm-hmm. is this is those things that it's regulation and the the habits that you know, like Taurus doesn't like to move out of something unless it's gotten just so bad that, Mm -hmm. you know, they have to or whatever. I, I feel like definitely I was thinking about this particular thing of mine and it's been really the crux of everything. Like, because I feel like when I'm in a situation that's like that, and that I've done all the bending and the all of that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I don't know if I can ever talk to this person again. Or maybe mm-hmm. I need to leave a job. Or maybe I need to leave a relationship. Or, you know. And it's because I haven't been able to really look at that, you know, or yeah. regulate. Um, so I feel like there's hope now. <laughs> Suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also changed therapists when during Mercury retrograde mm-hmm. and started seeing a new one. And I was thinking to myself, maybe this is a bad idea. But I think I felt like um, 
like once I had this aha moment about that, I also was like, oh, well, I've already done all the talk therapy I can about this stuff. And now I feel like I need to do something a little bit more, like yeah. a, a little bit more that just works on this programming. And so the person that I'm seeing now does EMDR and they do tapping and they do somatic therapy. And it's like, and she's a little bit into astrology too. And it, so I was like, I feel like this is perfect. Like making, like having those breakthroughs and having worked so hard through talk therapy, like this is the next step to sort of blow that programming out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's getting it into the body. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, that was cool. That is cool. And, you know, along the lines of the fact that we both had it in our 12th house and, and, uh, being in the realm of the unconscious, I definitely had some powerful dreams. Um, did you, I don't know if you noticed. Any. I did. Did you? Yes. Yeah. It, I my mean, dream I was life dreaming. was like, yes. Yeah. It was nuts. It was nuts. Actually. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. And then now it's kind of like uh, gone back to normal again. I can really feel the difference since Mercury went direct. But I had just a couple things I wanted to highlight, you know, in, in the podcast here is that I recurring dreams are really important in general, you know, and if you have a recurring dream that shows up during your Mercury retrograde, um, it's, it's important to, again, like we were saying, stop, take a look at it. You know, what is it like, go deep with it. What is this really about? Cause sometimes in my dream journal, I'll keep commenting like, yeah, I keep having this dream. I keep having this dream. I keep, it's like, okay, but let's go deeper with it then. Like, why is it here? Why does it keep coming? Right. Mm -hmm. So my recurring dream that I had um, during the the retrograde and has been going on for about the past year is that I get back together with my college boyfriend who I was with from (laughs) (laughs) like age 18 to 22. And so we had this really not great dynamic where he was very critical and kind of mean emotionally. And he would pick at me a lot. You know, he would pick on me, basically. And he was not very nice. And he could be nice, but he wasn't very nice to me for most of that relationship. Um, And I took it, you know, and I was kind of like the victim, right? And Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was great. It's great. <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, like, I don't want to, I'm not painting him in a bad light because he's like a typical knucklehead 18, 19, 20 yeah. year old guy. Like, they're not the most emotionally mature. So it was just typical, but it also, for me, was a specific uh, wound about self worth that I had already and that he that he tapped into and made it worse. And it's like another wound got opened there in that relationship that I realized in looking at these dreams really has never been healed. And in every dream that I've had, it was so funny because the the dynamic is the same. Like I'm there, I'm like, oh, kind of excited to get back together with him, but he is indifferent. He's like mm-hmm. looking away. He's ignoring me. He's aloof. He's, you know, um, he's just not that into me. 
And and then his mom is always there. And his mom in real life, she was just this really great woman who I had a wonderful connection with. And she kind of took me under her wing and was like a second mom for a while. And um, I think, you know, and looking back, like she was more, my connection was more with her than with him, actually. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. that was who I was supposed to be connected with at that time and who I really needed. It really wasn't about him. Um, but so, I mean, what comes up as I was looking back at this, I'm like, have I really accepted myself? Do I not still think I'm a weirdo and I'm insufficient and I'm not attractive enough and I'm all these things that he used to say to me, basically, Mm. right? They're all still in there, all Mm -hmm. those voices, you know, and it sounds so basic, but that's Taurus for you, right? Mm It's basic stuff, basic self-worth, basic, uh, basic ideas like well duh like (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I never quite got over it and then of course when we broke up it was it was you know kind of my decision at first and then I wanted to get back together and he had moved on to someone else who happened to look a lot like me by the way (laughs) which was so funny but I'm like oh you do have a type. You didn't like it when you were with me, but okay. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. So it's just funny how something that happened 30 years ago is coming back to me now. And I realized why is I'm in a place right now in my life where I'm being very critical of myself on a physical level. You know, I'm mm-hmm. aging. I'm going through all those you know, struggles of going into my 50s of like, looking at myself and being very critical. And I feel like the dream was a warning to me to not do that to myself again, not do to myself what I let him do to me and to reconnect with the part of me that is completely loving and accepting like his mom was to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the message I got. Mm -hmm. And it was real big. It was a real. How can you nurture yourself and love yourself? Yes. And take that. Yeah. Use that mom as the, Mm -hmm. as symbolism, right? Yes. Yeah. It's all, all those things. It's so interesting. I love dreams. Mm -hmm. How it's all about you. All those characters are playing a certain part of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're all a part of me. Or you're still in love with that guy and we better tell Brad. Highly unlikely. Oh, man. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I hope he's not listening to this wherever he is now. I highly doubt it because he was one of the ones that always used to make fun of me for being interested in astrology, too. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just thought it was total bullshit. And, you know, mm-hmm. that that is not the energy that I want inside of me, anywhere in me anymore. You know, yeah, and so I think it needs to be exercised somehow. Mm-hmm. And again, like in this shadow period, I'm reflecting on what the message was, and then how to. But how do I implement that? Like, it's one thing to get it on a head level, and then how do I practice it? That's the Taurus piece. 
how do I bring it down into the physical? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet. I think it, I suspect it has to be kind of being kinder to my body on the physical, you know, not just in taking care of it and nurturing it and all that, but also like literally looking at it and saying, I love you, body. Like, th- you're yeah. great. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. Like, you don't have to do anything to be different, you know? I just listened to this uh, this class about uh, perimenopause and menopause. And something that really struck me, which I know is the truth after in this last six months, because I'm like finally in perimenopause. I'm not in menopause. I'm in perimenopause. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so, but my body and like a lot and my mind and stuff has been changing over the last year, two years, big time. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's been kind of unpleasant. And I think that the woman was saying that when you are going into this, you're growing an entirely new body. You're like becoming this entirely different person. Yeah. And what I used to think about it was that, oh, okay, when I'm like somewhere between 45 and 55, I'm going to just become this total bitch and (laughs) I'm going to have hot flashes for like the next 10 years and it's going to really suck. And that is, was my mind frame. Cause it was like, I didn't know we, nobody ever talked about menopause. You just watch your mom go through it or your grandma or your aunts or whatever. And most of them were not managing that. Yeah. Well, because there were no, there was no handbook about it and there was no hormones for it and there was no good, you know, information. So I had this idea that it was just going to be this certain hell and I'm trying to look at it in that way that this woman said, where it's like, it's so cool because I've noticed a lot of people who are a little bit older than I am, that now you really do become sort of a mentor mm-hmm. in at this age. And you, I feel like you have gifts to offer that are so great. And you're also doing a lot of questioning about like, who am I now? Like, who am I now that I'm not just chasing boys or, Mm -hmm. you know, like so driven by my looks or my hormones or, you know, all of that stuff. Like, who am I and how do I want to participate in this world and make, create changes and things like that? I, I'm learning that. And it's something that I feel like I've thought about a lot during this Mercury retrograde, like who am I becoming now? If I'm not, if my life isn't all about like appearances and beauty and sex, (laughs) like, (laughs) sorry, that might sound depressing to some of you that are in your twenties and thirties, but it's like, there's this part that, that feels really freed. And then Mm -hmm. there's this other part that's like, whoa, like this is, uh, my body's changed so much. I'm like, fuck. I, I when I run into people that I haven't seen for a while, I'm like, are they looking at me and going, wow, she looks like shit now, or, you know, she's gained so much weight or she's like got those wrinkles or those saggy jowls or whatever, you know, I mean, all I'm the sure things, all the things, all the things, yeah. all the things that come, you know, the changes. But yeah, I also just looked at 
at, at this photo of god damn it i have to see what her name is i spent i spent all yesterday like obsessed with her but she was this tattoo artist that um that and mm-hmm. um but she's 106 years old mm-hmm. and she is still tattooing people <laughs> and she's beautiful mm-hmm. um like she was on the cover of Vogue. Oh my okay, god! What's her name? Yeah, she was just on the cover. I have to send this to you, Dina. Yeah, gorgeous woman, totally tattooed all over her body. She's just beautiful. Her name is Appa Appa Wang Odie. Oh, um, I think I've heard about or something her. like that. Yeah. yeah, and she's just and she tattoos people with like this bamboo stick and a nail, and you know gives them the. It's just <laughs> amazing. Um, but it, it helps to look at somebody like that. She is like old and wrinkly and she just exudes this beauty. And I think my aunt said to me when I was visiting this time, my aunt is 75 years old and I was like, oh, I've just, you know, I don't feel great in my body right at this minute. She's just like, just roll with it. Like buy some outfits that are just like outrageous and I was like, this is, this is going to be me. This is going to be my new thing. Like I'm going to just like roll with it as much as I can and not try to stuff my body into things that don't work for me anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Anyway, I love it. I love it. I think is, it's, it's important yeah. to look for grounded models of, you know, of women who are aging and the way that it can look different than is Mm -hmm. in our heads right Mm -hmm. there's I never ever ever in my whole lifetime was ever like I'm gonna get Botox and do all that stuff Mm -hmm. whatever floats your boat you know but um I've always been kind of a natural person hardly any makeup I just like my lipstick Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) I have thought like Hmm. I bet you could pull these jowls up somehow. Like I wonder if if you could do a little Botox here and there without looking too weird. Um, Yeah. But I think, you know, getting old is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's also going to be like real gems in it. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And I think that this Taurus piece, like with the Mercury retrograde being there, what I'm learning from it is, you know, that attitude of take it easy, like stop stressing, you know, it's, that's the same. You could apply that to the aging process in us as well. It's like, oh, we're, stop trying to be 20, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Part of mm-hmm. the part of the benefit of being in these years is not having to worry so much about yeah. how you look and, you know, being uh, being able to fit into your size six jeans, which will never happen again for me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, acceptance is good and relaxing is good. And you know what? We're not doing a modeling shoot tomorrow. Like, it's OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not giving up is good too. You True. Know, also, Absolutely. You know, but, no. Yeah. But I agree. Like, like saying to yourself, no matter where you're at right now, it's fine. It's, it's okay. And yeah. I think that you always look 
back and say, holy shit, I looked really good then. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could look back in 10 years from now and be like, wow, in my 50s, I was killing it. You know? Yeah. But I might not have felt that way. Right. It's going to happen. You know, and so I think it has to do with like it's part of this bigger idea of of calming down and slowing down and like there's there's kind of a rat race hyped up feeling about keeping up with beauty standards mm-hmm. and you know what's the latest thing I need to do or the next diet I need to be on or the next thing I need to put on my face or the next you know blah 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 and so it's like don't get caught up in that it's I I agree with you. Absolutely. Like it doesn't mean let yourself go. Like there's a happy medium. <laughs> yeah. You know, we but realize that we can only do so much without it mm-hmm. then becoming extreme. You know, of well, if you're gonna have to do all these procedures and go on this diet and um, you know, keep that up for another couple decades, like I'm opting out of that. I'm not, yeah. just not going to do that. You're always going to be chasing that, I think. You know, you'll always chase beauty. It's, it just, yeah, I think I, I noticed too during this Mercury retrograde, which was funny and in relation to this is that the kind of the worse I felt about myself, you know, the worse I allowed myself to feel about myself on certain days, the more I wanted to like find a new outfit that and so it was like this whole thing about overdoing the shopping or overdoing like consumerism to try to find the right outfit which never changed the way I felt about myself anyway you know Mm -hmm. what I mean there's like I I had to check that idea as well like an outfit was gonna help make me feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not the solution. I mean, you know, the solution is more of a long-term uh, health-related solution, yeah. I guess, you know? Well, that's Taurus style, you know, and I, I wrote yeah. a little bit about that in my post on um, Jupiter and Taurus, how the kinds of health-related things that are going to sustain us right now are kind of the slow and steady approaches and to be patient you know, to be willing to stick with something. And it doesn't have to be something extreme. In fact, to avoid extremes is really the point of Taurus medicine, you know, to mm-hmm. to do small and subtle changes that could be very powerful, but uh, it's, it's the consistency of them that matters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. My last big situation yeah. for Mercury and Taurus. I told Dina already a little bit, but I'll tell you guys. Um, and I also think like Uranus is also traveling through Taurus and it's really been working on my son. And so my Scorpio son in the sixth house. So I had, I've been for the last, I don't know, six months, I've been just like, please let, tell me what what I should be doing next. Cause I want to do some more meaningful work and I want to incorporate astrology into it, but it, I feel like it's a little bit more for me. And something that I've been studying for ever is health. Um, and 
about, I think it was 2016, I did a year-long program to become a certified nutritional therapist. And I finished that program and I thought maybe that's what I would do when I moved to Colorado, um, was to incorporate nutrition and, and astrology. And I've always wanted to coach, do a lot of coaching and also like teaching people how to eat better and things like that for their health. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I had this epiphany and I decided to go back to school. So starting basically today while we're making this podcast, I start a new coaching program through um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So it's a it's basically almost a year-long program. I'll be accredited and have to get board certified and that sort of thing, but I'll be able to work alongside doctors and naturopaths and the like to help people get healthier, I guess. And I, my focus is really on like inflammation and women's issues, perimenopause and menopause. So I'm really, really excited to do that because it's something I've been studying, thinking about, you know, working with for a good portion of my life anyway. And, um, yeah, I'm so fit for me. I'm so excited about it. I am too. I'm really excited about this for you. It does fit. And it's one of those things that, you know, so Uranus is in Taurus and it's opposing your son in Scorpio, just to share a little bit of the astro correlation here. Um, I do think it's one of those moments that's a very Uranian kind of thing where it's like out of the blue, it's like, aha, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is what needs to happen. It finally, like clicked, clicks into place, but it's been slowly building for a while. You just didn't realize this is where it was quite going. And then yep. all of a sudden it makes sense. I love it. Yeah. And I think in my brain, I think this happens, right? Where when you really get in that cerebral place where you feel like, I got to work this out. I got to know what is it? What is it? I'm trying all the formulas and nothing's working, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing's really clicking. And then it was almost like I took a month long trip to the East coast and I came back and I gave myself a little bit of space and like quit trying to like formulate the right thing, you know? And it just sort of, popped in there I was like oh yeah that's how it works yeah okay you can't force it no right no you can't I mean you can but (laughs) yes usually not the right thing yeah you can sure force it but it's not gonna work (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah that this that's big news the start of something really big and I'm super excited for it. So, well, I know, and I hope you will keep uh, everyone posted here on the podcast too, about how it all unfolds and what you'll be offering um, on the other side of all that. Yeah. Dina and I will, and maybe we'll do an episode about astrology and astrological health. Oh, that would be really good to do. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. So Mm -hmm. it's not my forte, like, but I love to talk about I love to talk about things that I'm not an expert in basically 
because then I'm not, you know, hemmed in by being uh, too intellectual about it. I'm just talking off the cuff. But like with that being said, neither of us are health astrologers. I still think we could have a good discussion about it. And I know that a lot of people are interested in it. Um, Mm -hmm. So just from an astrologer's perspective, who isn't a health astrologer, I think we could still provide some some good info. Definitely. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Let us know, too, if, if that's something you want to hear about or um, always please feel free to email one or both of us or message us about topics that you would like to hear on the podcast. Yeah, we've got some good ones coming up that we know we're lining up with um, for the future, but we always would love to, you know, have new topics for sure. Yes. We might run out of them at some point. We though. might. We might run out of ideas. We've been doing this for two years, so yeah, it's a pretty good run. <laughs> but right. we can always use more ideas. So yeah, yeah. So, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We really always appreciate your feedback. I I feel like we get great feedback about our chemistry, especially. Yeah. Dina and I do have great chemistry. We do. I just have to say, remember on the Time Passages app, uh, yeah. it said that you're you and I are like a high love match. We're like, yeah, <laughs> we're like tens in attraction yeah. mode, or super something. attractive, yeah. yeah, to each other. So I believe it. It's so true. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that usually when something happens to Dina. It also, like, it seems like it happens around, like, our health or our moods. Yeah. Like, we both seem to be on the same page. We're synced up we'll in like, some way. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. We're, like, yep. astrology sisters. Totally. Um, totally. <laughs> chart sisters. Maybe it's that That's Gemini right. rising. We have a similar wheel going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Thanks so much for listening, as always. And please, please, please leave us a review or a like or a love or <laughs> a follow, a subscribe, whatever on your favorite podcast listening tool. Yes. Stitcher, Apple Podcast. What's the other one? Google Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Amazon yeah. Music. Yeah, all the places. Yeah. All the places. All of those places. Listen to them on all of those. Yes. Okay. Talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>